For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name. It's Chelsea Messenger. Drop me a line and also look for us on Facebook. Join the chat. Drop us a comment, a line. Uh, if you just search Picks and Parlays on Facebook, we're pretty easy to find. Uh, join in the chat and we might read some of your comments on air if we get to them, if they're nice, if we like them. Uh, and also, we're on YouTube, we're on podcasts. If you search uh, Picks and Parlays on YouTube, we're also streaming live there. And we're also streaming live on Twitter. Search Picks and Parlays on Twitter, and you can watch the show online and join us there and drop us some comments. We like your feedback. We've got a great show for you guys today. Uh, football is back. We're talking the NFL Hall of Fame game for a little bit, plus NFL futures for the Ravens and the Eagles. Two teams that have exciting futures uh, for the Ravens. It was one of the top defenses traditionally, but they lost C.J. Mosley, Terrell Suggs, Eric Weddle. Can that defense regain form? Uh, and also, all eyes will be on Lamar Jackson. Can he perform a little better for the Ravens this season? Uh, for the Eagles, can Carson, well Carson Wentz, can he stay healthy? Zach Ertz, can he be a force again? Uh, Nick Foles is gone. So that late season magic, uh, not really a factor this year for the Eagles. Can something else uh, be a factor for them? And also the MLB trade deadline. Of course, the Astros landing Zach Greinke. What a land for them. Uh, that means their rotation now is Verlander, Garrett Cole, Wade Miley, who I know people don't think is an ace, but oh, by the way, he has a 305 ERA. So now they have four of the top 15 ERA guys in all of baseball, plus our daily baseball picks. We've also got uh, plenty of talk concerning that if you want to cash your checks today instead of a future bet like the NFL. Uh, we're back after the break talking MLB stuff, the deadline, and how it affects our future picks on Picks and Parlays Radio. Back after the break. We are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, Chelsea Messenger. 
Also check us out on Facebook if you search Picks and Parlays. We're pretty easy to find. Drop us a comment or two. Also on Twitter, streaming live if you want to catch the show there. And on YouTube, so on, so forth. We know you're looking at social media, so give us a look. Uh, right now, let's get to the trade deadline and all the big moves that happened in baseball over the past couple of days. Tony T, let's talk about some of these big moves and how they affect uh, some of our futures bets for the World Series. Uh, what are some of the moves that you looked at as being the, the big impactful ones? Yeah, good afternoon, Chelsea. Yeah, some bigger moves uh, we've seen here with the Astros, obviously, with their moves. Uh, they were four and a half to one prior to the trade deadline, now two to one favorites to win the World Series. Yankees were three to one, now over four to one. Uh, we've seen the Cubs, who were eight to one, move up to nine to one. Braves were uh, 12 to one, down to uh, 10 to one as they made uh, good moves here in their bullpen, added some strength there. But uh, one thing, Chelsea, that really caught my attention this trade deadline is during the live ball period of baseball, the cost has been greatly inflated for premium starting pitching. It cost the Houston Astros three of their top five prospects. Well, yeah, and money too. Uh, Zach Grinke is not cheap. And I know Arizona was trying to dump his salary uh, this past offseason, and they finally did it. And the Astros, I guess they just have an unlimited money supply because it's not like Verlander's cheap. Uh, they have a lot of big money players on their team already, one of the highest payrolls in baseball. But in this day and age, it, it pays to pay. And it looks like the Astros, to me, now should be the favorite. I don't know if they're tied with anybody else, uh, if you said that, but the Astros should be the favorite uh, because in the postseason, starting pitching is such a big factor. Yeah, it is. And they are the favorite. That, uh, we've seen them now move to 2-1. to one. And they were tied with the Dodgers at plus 275 and a lot of action here on the Houston Astros, and how can you how can you argue with that? I mean, we just talked about their starting rotation here in your opener. Um, the top three uh, players, uh, pitch starting pitchers in baseball with the lowest whip, are all three of those players in Granke, in Verlander, in Garrett Cole. They don't give up any base runners, and of course, in the postseason, we talked about that last week. You know, it's all about starting pitching, and of course, for some of those contenders out there, like the Giants, Dodgers, the Red Sox, uh, Chicago Cubs. They're all shaking their heads because they didn't, they know, they did not want to, they did not want to meet the high price for some of these uh, for premium starting pitching. And right now, they have a lot to answer for. Yeah, and a lot of those um, starting pitchers that we thought would be traded, uh, Thor, Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner, and um, uh, Noah Syndergaard. If you don't know their nicknames, uh, it seems like a lot of those guys did not move. Robbie Ray. So there was teams that did not pick up starting pitching just because those top-line guys didn't get traded. So it just seems like the biggest move is the Astros. It's almost akin to uh, the Verlander one we saw a couple of years ago, and the Astros ended up winning the World Series. Uh, other moves that you saw as being big ones? The other moves I saw here, obviously the Atlanta move, they're getting those, those, those closers in there to, relieve, to help, help them. Also the Nationals, uh, they picked up some bullpen help from Toronto and Seattle, but those three were productive players who can actually pitch the later innings. So I thought the Nationals did well. They're one of my picks here to win the uh, the win the World Series. I'm looking at the long shots, and you know we talk here about the Dodgers here, uh, second favorites here. Uh, you know they didn't really do much in in way of boosting their bullpen, but you know they've got players coming back. You know Rich Hill when he gets healthy, I think he'll be part of the, of the rotation in the playoffs. That means you're going to see Stripling, Urias, and Mieta hit the bullpen. Of course, they're going to debut their top pitching prospect, Dustin May, on Friday. So even though the Dodgers were relatively quiet 
in the uh, training deadline, they do have some players coming back from injury and they do have some, some, some uh, help coming from uh, their Oklahoma city. And of course uh, we saw Urias and Mita in the bullpen last year. They were very effective in the playoffs. Yeah. And they do have um, that playoff experience, which is invaluable. The Dodgers seem to be there every year. So a lot of their core uh, of their team, they know what it's like to, to perform and play in those clutch situations. Uh, I think, one of the moves I really liked was Shane Green going to the Braves. I remember watching him pitch for the Tigers because uh, I was rooting for the Tigers to win a game here and there. Uh, he's a lights-out closer. He has a, a 118 ERA this season. So, I mean, numbers don't lie when it comes to that kind of stuff, even though last season he did have a 5 ERA. So you might expect a little bit of regression there. But the Braves really needed some bullpen help, and even if he's not a 118 ERA guy, he's still going to help them immensely. Yeah, they will. And of course, you got Mike Soroka, Max Fried, Julio Teheran, Dallas Keigel in that rotation for Atlanta. And of course, Soroka, they're going to keep an eye on. Remember, he's, he's a young pitcher. He's, he, and then they're really checking his, his innings output here. So I think uh, Soroka may be reeled in a little bit, try to prime him for the playoffs. And of course, uh, Julio Teheran, try and figure him out. You know, you know, he's up and down a lot. Dallas Keigel, I think, has definitely contributed to, to Atlanta. Yeah, Keigel was a, good, a great pickup for the Braves. Uh, it kind of stinks for them that Mike Fultonevich, Fulte, who was an all-star last season, is in AAA. And hopefully yeah. he can return to form and really contribute to them, at least in the postseason, or at least uh, in September call-ups. Because the Braves, I mean, it, it seems like the time is now for them, especially in the National League. I think almost the American League is too tough going through the Astros. So I think the road is a little easier through the National League just because the Dodgers didn't add quite as much uh, I know when it comes to the Cubs and the Brewers and especially that NL Central, there's so much. And even the Cardinals, I haven't even mentioned them. Uh, any other teams from the National League you were looking at? Yeah, yeah I was looking at, at the Cubs. Um, again, we talked about here with, the, with a lot of the teams you mentioned that do much. They just did not want to meet that high demand for, uh, uh, front, for premium starting pitching. Uh, they did pick up Nick Castellanos. It's one thing to know with the Cubs, they really struggle hitting, hitting left-handed pitching. Castellanos is a guy who bats 347 against lefties, so I think he'll help. Although you look at the rotation for the Cubs, Lester, Quintana, Darvis, and Kyle Hendricks. You know, Hendricks and, and Lester, I, I think you can be feel confident about, but Quintana, Darvis, you gotta, you got to hold your breath when you see them on the mound in the postseason. Yeah, Castellanos, uh, the only outfielder who hit lefties better than him. Aaron Judge, J.D. Martinez, and Mike Trout. So obviously if you wanted – an outfielder that can mash lefties. I mean, that's certainly the guy. They also picked up Tony Kemp, who is a great uh, position player who plays multiple positions all over the field. Uh, kind of a good pickup considering Ben Zobrist has not been playing for them. Other teams that I know people were wanting to make moves were the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Twins. Uh, especially the Yankees, just because traditionally they like to overspend. And especially with the Astros making that big splash, uh, what did you see? What do you see the Yankees, uh, the Red Sox, and the Twins? What do you see their chances moving forward? I think the Twins uh, greatly needed help in the bullpen. They got Sam Dyson, a really good arm from the Giants. Uh, he put up solid numbers in his three seasons with San Francisco. But their twin bullpen ERA, 4.41. Uh, you can pretty much count on Jose Barrios, but you know, Jake Odorizzi, their starter, has not been as productive lately. Of course, then behind them is Kyle Gibson, Martin Perez, and Michael Pineda. Uh, inconsistent arms there. So I'm a little concerned about the Minnesota Twins. 
Of course, Boston, uh, boy, the bullpen ERA, uh, should say uh, their starter, uh, starting pitching ERA approaching five, they needed to do something. And they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. And I mean, I think their arms were out there, but we saw the high price for Granke. He just, Dombrowski just did not want to meet those demands. Look at, it took three of the top five prospects to land a premium pitcher. And it did seem to me that a lot of these uh, GMs just did not want to meet that price. Remember, we're in that live ball period. So the, 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 it's just inflation right now for the for first starting pitching. Right. And one of those prospects was Corbin Martin, who's actually played in the big leagues. Uh, and he's one of the guys that they've been talking up for a long time in the uh, uh, Astros system. But, yeah, I know a lot of people wanted the Yankees to make a move. And it seems like for the Yankees and the Twins, their offense has been their key. But it, it just looks like in the postseason, you really need that strong starting pitching. Yeah, you do. And a team I want to mention here is Cleveland, because Cleveland actually needed a little bit of offense. They did, they did let uh, Trevor Bauer go, uh, and he's a, he's a really good uh, uh, starting pitcher, but they got you still people contribute. But Famil Reyes, I don't think too pe- many people know about him because he plays for the Padres, but 27 homers on the season. All right, so uh, moving forward real quick, uh, are you sticking with your picks for the futures? I am still sticking with my long shot picks, Nationals, Cardinals, and Indians. All right, those are your picks from Tony T. We are back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio with some NFL talk. Stick with us. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter every day at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. And give us a shout on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're pretty easy to find, and we appreciate your feedback. Right now, let's get to some NFL action. We've got win totals on two teams. We've got Chip Cherimbus. Your name always trips me out for some reason. Uh, Chip, let's talk Ravens first. They were 10-6 and last season. Uh, The top defense in the NFL, but they lose a lot of defensive talent. And, of course, Lamar Jackson, you've got to talk about him and his upside. Initial thoughts on the Ravens? Well, you know, they won the division by a half game last year when the Steelers ended up with a tie against the um, Cleveland Browns. And they did win the division at 10-6. and six. And the total for wins for them for the entire season is at 8.5 this year, which tells me that the odds makers in Las Vegas believe that they're going to come back to the pack this season. Is it Lamar Jackson, like you had mentioned, or is it the fact that the defense has been depleted? Uh, the running game isn't quite what it has been in the past, and they need that because they are a ball control offensive team. And I see the Ravens this year as having a bit of a problem, a bit of a struggle. I think that Pittsburgh's going to bounce back in the division. We know that Cleveland is much improved. Cincinnati, I think there's no hope. Sorry, Greg, but that's just the way it goes. <laughs> and um, the, the Browns, excuse me, the Ravens have, I think that the oddsmaker believes that the NFL defenses will adjust to Lamar Jackson. He was sort of exposed in the playoff game against the Chargers. They right. were at home and the Chargers just dominated him. They took away the pass and and they took away his running game. And then what's he going to do? His passing isn't as accurate as some of the others had hoped for. And I see the, the Ravens having a, a down season. Um, they may be well coached here, but uh, I just don't see them getting it. They've gone under their win total three of the last five years. And I see the Ravens struggling to make this win, to- win total. A couple of things to note, you, you had mentioned efficiency for Lamar Jackson uh, being a bit of an issue. On third down, he ranked 32nd 
in completion ranking uh, rating, excuse me, when it comes to third downs, because uh, I, I mean, we've got to see a little bit of an improvement there for him, but they did hire uh, Greg Roman for offensive coordinator who designed the offices uh, for Colin Kaepernick when he went to the Super Bowl and also Tyrod Taylor when he was a pro bowler up in Buffalo. So that could be a factor. Uh, but I think the defense, that's going to be an issue because Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, Eric Weddle, I mean, those are big guys when it comes to leadership and when it comes to production. That was 3,000 snaps and 252 tackles gone. Yeah. So those aren't guys that are easily replaced. So I think defense will be a huge factor. Other X factors, uh, maybe some of the, the factors you look at when looking at their schedule that may determine their win total. Well, you know, they, this, like you said before, defense is where they hung their hat and their defense has been depleted. The running game is Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. And if they sit and they make adjustments to him, I really see them struggling. As far as their schedule goes, um, I really think they're going to struggle here. I, I think that number that the Las Vegas has hung at 8.5 after a team that won 10 games last year is the telling tale about it. All right. Yeah, that is a tough division. And everyone seems to love the Browns. Every day on SportsCenter, I see a new headline yeah. about Baker Mayfield, something about him yelling at his receivers, and they thought it was like a good look. Um, let's move on to the Eagles. They were 9-7 and seven last season, and of course, everybody remembers their late-season magic. Nick Foles is gone, and Carson Wentz, can he stay healthy this year? Uh, what are your thoughts on the Eagles? Well, I think they're very well coached to start with, and, and that's certainly going to help. They're a ball-controlled team, and they're going to need to be able to run the ball as they have in the past. Their schedule actually um, isn't as bad as people might look. I mean, the, they hung a 10-and-a-half, I believe it was, on the totals for this team. Uh, they get to play Dallas twice, which is within their division, Washington twice, and the Giants. So um, I don't see the, Giants, see the Giants being much of a threat, and uh, Washington may come up and, and bite you at some time or another, mm -hmm. but they have been beset with injuries and key factors and key places, and I don't see Washington um, being a big threat on the year. This Philadelphia team has to play Minnesota. They have to play a few other teams on the road, Green Bay and the Chicago Bears, but, you know, they're tough enough to get through that. They made it to the, they made it to the big game before, and uh, they certainly have, we know we won, they won the Super Bowl previously. But this Philadelphia team, I think the coaching is, is a big part of how they're going to su succeed. Yeah. A lot of people think Carson Wentz is one of the favorites to win MVP. He's no Patrick Mahomes, yeah. but a lot of people see him as one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. How do you see him impacting this season? Well, they've given him the money, and maybe he mm -hmm. deserves it, but he's got to stay healthy. If right. he's not healthy, this team is going to be in trouble. But, you know, most NFL teams, if they lose their starting quarterback, are going to be in trouble for the most part. Uh, but Wentz, I, I, everyone seems to really like his style, his style of play, his efficiency, and he has proven he's a winner. He just has to be able to stay on the field. Right. Uh, and for a team that actually has a pretty decent offensive line, uh, that's a problem because usually if your offensive line is bad, you can upgrade it and make some moves to make it a little better, but their offensive line is already good and he just gets these freak injuries, which I don't like to call people injury prone, but I mean, that's been the case. Yeah, some, uh, go right ahead, I'm sorry. And plus their backup is Nate Sudfield. It's not Nick's, Nick Foles <laughs> this year. Yeah, no. So that's a factor too because some of these, 
these teams with injury-prone quarterbacks like Marcus Mariota have gone out and signed quarterbacks that are actually pretty good for backups, uh, like Tennessee did uh, with Ryan Tannehill. So Nate Sedfield, I don't know too much about him, but well, if if it comes to that, play. they're really going to look to be a ball control team and look, really look to run the ball. And uh, their efficiency on third down, if that's the case, is going to be the key factor for them. But the Eagles, uh, they're an awful powerful team. They're very strong. Like I said, they get to play the Giants twice. I don't know if the Giants can come up and beat them. I don't know if the Redskins can get them either. And their two big games, of course, within the division are going to be against the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys won the division last year. We'll see what happens uh, this year. I think the Eagles are loaded for bear. And with the Cowboys situation at running back right now in flux, you just don't quite know how they're going to mesh together even when they get them back. All right, so let's talk win totals. What are we looking at for the Eagles? Well, they have 10 and a half, and I think that's a high number, but there's a reason that it's that high, because maybe they are that good. In order to win this bet, they have to win 11 of 16 games, and 11 and 5 is certainly within reach for them. And um, I think they have a chance to go over the total, with, especially if Carson Wentz stays healthy. Right. Okay, so you said the over-under is 11 and a half? No, 10 and a half, I believe. They have to win 11 to win the bet. Gotcha. So you're taking the over? I'm playing over here. Originally, I thought it might it was a high number, and I would look to play under the total. And then I looked at their schedule, and I said, I think they can handle a good number of these teams. And I think within the division, if they go five and one, they're going to be in great shape. All right, and that's of course hinging on Wentz staying healthy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just to recap, who did you have, uh, or what was the number you had for the Ravens? Well, the Ravens' total was eight and a half after they had won ten games last year, and I expect this theme to to come back to the pack, and I expect them to play under the total. Las Vegas doesn't make too many mistakes. They don't give you too many opportunities to collect free money. And <laughs> setting this total at, at eight and a half to me is is telling you that they're going to be eight and eight or even worse. All right, so that's always fun to talk about, yeah. but you know what's even more fun to talk about? What's that? The game that's on tonight. Love it. Football is finally back. We've got the Hall of Fame game between the Broncos and the Falcons. What are your thoughts? Well, my first game? thoughts are if you bet this game, you get what you deserve. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the Falcons opened a, a point, point and a half favorite. Now it's moved to Denver being the favorite. And I'm, I don't know if Joe Flacco's going to get any action at all. He's with a new team. But um, Denver moving to this position here makes me think that the, the Sharps are people that know what they're doing with this contest, things that Denver's aside. And if I was to play it, this is going to be free for our radio broadcast only. I'm not going to release it on the, on the website at all. But I think the play here it would be Denver. But I'm really not looking to get excited, too excited about the Hall of Fame game because you really don't have anything to, to work with other than the quarterback rotations. And we'll see what happens there because Denver has a, has a few young arms they want to test, and so does Atlanta. I mean, Ryan, I expect him to play more than um, Falco's going to play for, um, for Denver. So uh, there might be an advantage there. But you know what happens in these preseason games so many times, Chelsea? It doesn't matter. You could have your starter go a half and he'll put up three points and then um, somebody is trying to make the team or a second mm -hmm. or third stringer will come up and he'll have a stellar day. So uh, it's really difficult to pinpoint this down. I, I like to be able to get a game under my belt and see how Vegas is posting the numbers. Like I said, they, they put Atlanta out as the favorite to start here. And now Denver has moved not just a point, but three and a half points to a two and a half point favorite. I'm going to have to lean toward the Broncos in a game. Like I said, if you bet it, good luck, and uh, you get what you deserve. <laughs> I think it's just because football has not been on in so long, or American football, at least, if you're yeah. not betting the CFL. So people are chomping at the bit, but obviously betting preseason football is a little different. Uh, something you can look at 
is their records in the preseason games, just right. kind of how seriously they take the preseason. And according to that, Atlanta doesn't look like they care too much about the preseason. They're 0-4 in preseason games last season and 4-12 and under head coach Dan Quinn. So that's a factor. Meanwhile, Denver has a new head coach. Yes, they do. And, he, and new head coaches usually like to put a winning style or tradition mm -hmm. and establish a team with a, you know, a positive way. By the way, Atlanta also lost the four preseason games the year before. So they've gone eight straight without winning a preseason game. And maybe that's why this number moved to where it is. But um, like we said, I, I think this, this Denver team may be the side here, just with the number, not with the personnel or anything to do with that. It's just that how I look at, at what Las Vegas does. And you know, Chelsea, this preseason is a great opportunity because they tell you who's going to play, who's not going to play. Right. And if you could read the numbers and interpret this, we've always had great success during the preseason. We don't give a great number of plays. Usually it's just national TV games because mm -hmm. we like to concentrate on the games where there's a lot of attention and focal point. But the, the NFL preseason is, some people think it's a crapshoot, and I think you have a great opportunity to win. We've done very well in previous preseasons because mm -hmm. we, the information we get is out there. They let you know who's going to play, who's not going to play. Some coaches can care less about winning, as it looks like Quinn and Atlanta, the way they played, going 0-4-0-4 the last two seasons in the preseason. All right, so real quick, recap your pick for tonight. Well, I would take Denver in this game just because of the number, like I said, because not that I think that they're going to have an overwhelming talent advantage or anything along that lines. Maybe, like we said, the Falcons just aren't up for the big game. All right, that's your pick for tonight's game. Yep. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio with some baseball. And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. Also check us out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, social media. We're there. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're pretty easy to find. All right, we've got Joe with us to talk some baseball. Joe, first introduce yourself. Let us know who you are. Well, Chelsea, I'm honored to be here with you and on behalf of Picks and Parleys. Uh, my favorite place to be in all the world, Picks and Parleys. Been friends with Craig for, for years and years and years. And i, I got to tell you, uh, everything I do here, I, I have such a warm reception. And I'm so honored to be here with you today. Big fan of what you've been doing the last several weeks. I, I'm such a big fan. All right. So let's get to some baseball. Let's talk the Reds and the Braves. It's Joe DiSclefani of the Reds, 6-5 and five with a 401 ERA going against Max Fried, a left-handed pitcher for the Braves, 11-4 with a 4-2-4 ERA. What are your thoughts on this Reds-Braves matchup? Now, Chelsea, despite DeStefani being a second cousin of mine twice removed, <laughs> I want you to know, and, and although Cincinnati may have gotten the series win beating Atlanta two games to one in the late April meeting, Guys, that was at home. The Reds are one of the National League's worst road teams. They sport a 21-30 and 30 away record. Now, guys... Four and two of their last six games, but let's be honest. Taking th two of three against both the Pirates and the Rockies, both division cellar dwellers, that's nothing to brag about. The Braves took two of three from both the Phillies and the Nationals coming into this matchup. As you mentioned, Di Scalfani, he's got a nice season, six and five, 4.01. He's got a 4.15 ERA in four career starts versus Atlanta. Guys, left-handed, Max Fried, 11 and 4, 401 this year. He's been less than stellar of late, but I want to tell you this. Facing this Reds team is a perfect remedy for that. Cincinnati's offense ranks 
near or, or towards the bottom in every major category. The Braves line up dangerous. They average over 5.37 a game. Cincinnati, one for the last five games played versus NL East opponents. Four and nine, the last 13 played on the road. The Braves, guys, four and one, the last five games versus right-handed starters. And seven and two, and Max Fried's last nine starts. Now, I want you guys to know, and hopefully Chelsea and I will get a chance to talk about this later. I'm a firm believer in not going above $1.50. As of doing this show, this segment, uh, this line was flirting about $1.50. At $1.50, I put a lean on the Braves. I like them. They're playing good. I like the pitching matchup. I like the situation. The fact that Cincinnati is on the road, I want you to know, $1.50, I put a lean on Atlanta. All right. I see the Braves being the better team, and they just made some solid additions to their bullpen. But the Reds are coming off that epic fight with Amir Garrett going into the other dugout for the Pirates. I see their team chemistry being at an all-time high. Uh, how do you think that affects this matchup? Well, I think uh, emotion plays a big part in sports for a, sh- uh, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, good is good. Uh, I would love to see the Reds. This is a good story, a great storied city as far as <laughs> baseball and sports goes. But I'll be honest with you, um, one fight does not Buster Douglas. Never heard of him again. Uh, Even though it was an epic fight and. I will say Yasiel Puig is now traded, so he's one of the ones that always loves to fight, and he is gone, <laughs> and he made his last stand as a Reds player, a very entertaining one, but you don't think that uh, it's enough for the, the Reds to overcome the Braves in this one? You know, Atlanta's been playing solid, very consistent baseball since opening day. There was talk about Washington, Philly in that division, and they're good teams. They still have a chance. There's a lot of baseball to be played, but Atlanta has played the most consistent baseball in that division, and you know what? They're the team to beat. All right, so we're taking, uh, or you're taking the Braves in that one. Uh, what was it, minus 150? Uh, yes, yes, it was. All right, so let's move on to the Cubs and the Cardinals. Last night it was a very entertaining game. I think the Cubs won that one 2 nothing. Uh, Craig Kimbrell closed the door in an exciting finish. Tonight it's John Lester uh, of a nine and six ERA or a nine and six record, three six three ERA. One of their better guys, a veteran guy that we know he can get the job done against Flaherty of the Cardinals, four and six, four one seven ERA. Uh, let's talk about this game. You know this the, the NL Central, a very interesting division. Uh, what I find most interesting about this division is on any given day you could pick up the sports page, and there won't be a single team in that division with a winning road record. And as far as that they play each other and they knock each other off, it's very important, these uh, series right now. These two division rivals have split the first two games of the series, but Chicago has taken seven of the 11 meetings this season, and these two starting pitchers faced off against each other. Back on June 8th, Lester got the better of Flaherty. Both Chicago and St. Louis, as we all know, tied for the NL Central's top spot both sharing a 57-50 and 50 record. And if the season ended today, it would be a very exciting postseason. But, guys, there's a lot of baseball to be played. Um, Cubs veteran John Lester, 8-5, 3.02, and 19 starts versus the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals hurl with Flaherty, 0-3 and 12 starts since May 4th. Very important, trends and streaks in baseball. Mm-hmm. He's 0-1 with a 5-6-8 and 3 starts versus Chicago this season. Cubs 4-1 the last five meetings this season. Six and two in Lester's last eight starts versus the Cardinals, despite 
going one and four the last five at Bush Stadium. I put a lean on Chicago here. I like the pitching matchup. Lester's, Lester's gotten hot. I like the fact that uh, the Cubs have a lot of pride. They, they Big city, big town behind them. And they really want to make a push this time of year, especially after the trade deadline. One of the teams that didn't make major, major moves, mm-hmm. I think right here, at least starting second half of the season is after All-Star break. But after the trade deadline, I believe is the second half of the season where certain teams need to make a point. I see the Cubs coming out here tonight. It's definitely a rivalry and definitely a big game uh, with postseason implications. I think something to consider for the Cubs is last night, like I mentioned, Craig Kimbrell, he had a lot of trouble shutting the door last night. He had runners on second and third with one out. So guys are hitting him. So if it comes down to the ninth and Kimbrell's in there again, uh, I don't think uh, the Cubs will be able to, to close the door quite as hard, quickly. I don't know the adjective that I'm looking for there. Uh, but I think that will be a factor. So let's talk uh, the money line and who you're taking this one. Well, like I said, I, I, I like the Cubs in this game. Um, I, I like the situation. I like the pitching matchup. And, and I do feel if Kimbrell is put back in, in a situation where he has to uh, come through, I don't think he'll have back-to-back um, tough stuff, tough outings. So you're taking the Cubs still, though? Yes. Okay. So let's move on to the Padres-Dodgers. Joey Lucchese, Lucchese, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, 7-5, 4-1-2 ERA going against Clayton Kershaw, the ace of the Dodgers staff, 9-2 with a 2-8-5 ERA. Initial thoughts on this Padres-Dodgers matchup? Well, sports fans, L.A. has certainly separated themselves not just from the Western Division. They've got a 15-game cushion right now. They've also distanced themselves from the entire National League. Mm -hmm. They sport the best record in the NL at 71-39. However, the lowly San Diego Padres, which guys, they sit in fourth place in the West, 19 and a half games back, 50 and 57. They've been a thorn in their side. They've won the last three meetings in a row and four of nine matchups this season. Oh, by the way, six of those nine games have gone under the total, including the last five straight. Moreover, the last five played at Dodger Stadium. As you mentioned, Lucchese and Kershaw, they're both 1-0 against these opposing teams this season. Um, the Padres, uh, although they scored five runs or more instead of their last 10 outings, facing Kershaw changes all that, different dynamics. If I had to play this game, I would take the under. Prior, uh, prior to coming on, on and doing this segment, I saw an 8.5 go down to 8. Uh, I would still go under the 8 here. So you're taking... Uh the total being under eight? Yes. Just because of the pitching matchup? Or? The pitching matchup, to be honest with you, you know, uh, th- these teams are uh, they're hot and cold as far as mm-hmm. uh, scoring runs. The Dodgers, as good as any team, uh, well, best record in baseball, as good as any right. team offensively in the, in, the NL, in the NL, but there's sometimes you look at them and you say, well, tonight they're going to go into this pitcher, they're going to score 10, and they come up with one or two runs. They have a great pitching staff, and which has kept them in a lot of games. Um, I think in the postseason, that will hurt them again. And if they get to the World Series, going against the powerhouses in the, in the American League, I think, once again, uh, not a bride, but a bridesmaid. But I think against the National League, I think this is the team right now. And I think the fact that they've got good pitching. Uh, but I do think both pitchers play against each other. The fact that San Diego plays them tough, I like the under. 
Yeah, you talked about being a bridesmaid. I wonder how Dodgers feel about that. It just seems like they're always in the postseason. They can't get it done. Uh, I want to feel bad for them, but sometimes their fans are a little obnoxious. So sometimes, you know what, I don't feel that bad for them. Uh, I will say their bullpen isn't quite as strong as it has been in the past. Kenley Jansen is not the closer that he used to be. He's giving up runs. Uh, he's kind of showing cracks uh, that he's hittable. He's not Mariano Rivera anymore. He is definitely somebody that, that has some improving to do, and I think in the postseason that'll be a huge factor. Could be a factor tonight. Uh, I don't think the Padres are a, a team that's necessarily the, the hot hitters that maybe the teams they'll face in the postseason. Um, so for that reason, we're taking the under eight, correct? That is correct. Okay, so just to recap, we're taking the under in the Padres-Dodgers game. Cubs-Cardinals, we're taking the Cubs uh, to win that one straight up, correct? Yes, ma'am. And then in the Reds-Braves, we're taking the Braves at minus 150. And just before you go, a few questions when you're betting baseball. When is the value play a factor? For instance, obviously when a team like the Marlins or the or Orioles is playing a team like, say, the Dodgers or the Yankees, it's going to be tempting to take the better team, the team that obviously has won close to 70 games. But sometimes the value is just not going to be good enough. When do you draw the line on some of those value picks? Well, it's a great question. And I, I do feel that baseball is a sport that, because it's a daily sport, mm -hmm. that it is a sport that throughout the season you can make your most profits. But you have to be very disciplined. Sometimes things look too good to be true. Um, you've got to be very disciplined. Value to me, once a, once a game hits about $1.40, $1.42, $3.45, I have to start going, you know what, uh, I see people out there uh, in the sports books, here, in sports books here in Vegas at 2, 225, 250 favorites. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, they should win. However, right. you drop that game, you now need over three games to get back in the plus column. And I will tell you this, it's always about value and where you find you have your edge. Baseball, as long as you're disciplined, it's a daily sport. Mm -hmm. Six days a week, you got uh, 10, 12 games. One, one day, you got a half, about a, half, a small schedule. As long as you're disciplined, you can make money, but you have to be very, very disciplined. Um, above $1.40 to 45 is where I draw the line. Some people are like, oh, then I have to take them on the wrong line. You got to be careful. Certain teams, historically, Cleveland, who's been a postseason post team for perennially, perennially now, uh, Great starting pitchers, but there are times over the last few years that uh, they have blown leads. They're one of the biggest blown leads teams prior to this season. I'm happy for them because I still think <laughs> I still think they are the AL Central's team. But I sure um, appreciate that. Uh, are you a Cleveland fan? <laughs> no, no. It just seemed like a nice thing to say. Like you were talking to them personally, and you said. It sounded like you didn't want to offend them. Uh, I know if, this season they do have one of the best bullpens in baseball, so I don't know if uh, this season that's the case. Well, if you have a beep button, trust me, I could offend everybody. But I will <laughs> tell you this. Um, Houston's got the West. Uh, Cleveland, I think, it'll be a dogfight between them and Minnesota. Tampa Bay's only uh, issue is the fact that they share a division with Boston, who is now winning games at home, and their pitching's getting better, and the Yankees. 13 guys on the IR. They are still the best team in the AL. I'll tell you right now, it's not because I'm a New Yorker. I want you to know this. Yankees Dodgers. we got to get out of here. Thanks for your baseball talk, Joe. Back after the break. Thank you. <laughs>
And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline of Broadcast Network. I am your host, as I am every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern right here. If you want to chat or drop me a line, check me out on Twitter. My handle is Chelsea Messenger. It's just my name. Also hit us up on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We stream the show live every day on Twitter and on YouTube if you want to watch that way. Let's get to our picks for the day. If you aren't paying attention or if you just want to recap, we've got you covered. Here they come. Uh, first off, we talked to Tony T on some of the MLB trade deadline moves and how they affect future bets. You know what? Tony T is still on those long shot bets. He likes the Indians at 20 to 1, the Nationals at 25 to 1, and the Cardinals 15 to 1. Moving on to Chip Charimbus his NFL win totals. He likes the Eagles to go under 10 and a half wins this season. Not a whole lot of faith in Carson Wentz staying healthy, I suppose. And the Ravens, he is taking the under in that one as well. Uh, eight and a half is the over under in that one. And our MLB picks with Joe, who is always a delight to have, very entertaining. Cubs at Cardinals, we're taking the Cubs. Uh, I believe they were, let's see, minus 105. And Reds and Braves were taking the Braves, even though they're minus 150, not exactly a value pick, but a lot of faith in Atlanta playing at home. Padres, Dodgers were taking the under in this one. We think they score under eight runs. And with Clayton Kershaw on the mound, you know what? Maybe not a bad decision. As always, we appreciate you joining us, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube or Twitter. We appreciate you guys coming to join us. We're here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, every weekday, that is. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Don't forget to go to the website, picksandparlays.net, for all of our free picks. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Picks and Parlays, bet, win, repeat. We're back tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.